0: A celebration of life, love, laughter, and tradition, Fiddler on the Roof returns to the stage in this new, highly acclaimed Broadway in Chicago run, featuring the classics, Tradition, If I Were a Rich Man, Sunrise, Sunset, Matchmaker, Matchmaker, and To Life, To Life, Le Chaim." Fiddler on the Roof will introduce a new generation to this uplifting celebration that raises its cup to joy, and of course, to life. This show is one week only at the Cadillac Palace Theater, May 17th through 22nd. Tickets are at broadwayandchicago.com. And Mishkan Chicago gets a special discount code, $45 middle balcony tickets for May 17th, 18th, and 19th with code ROOF45. Can I just say as a rabbi and someone who believes that Fiddler on the Roof is actual Torah, this is an incredible opportunity for anyone wanting to deepen the love they already have for a classic Jewish story or fall in love with it for the first time. Cadillac Palace Theater, May 17th through 22nd, BroadwayinChicago.com. special discount code ROOF45.
1: Welcome to the Morning Scroll. I'm Rabbi Dina Cowens from Mishkan, Chicago, and you're listening to what will be a quick dive into this week's Parsha. If you've been meaning to brush up on your Jewish literacy or you're looking for some inspiration, you've come to the right place. This week we read Parshat Bihar, On the Mountain, where God gives Moshe more laws on a mountain. Let's start with a brief recap. God reminds Moshe of the laws of Shemitah, letting the land rest every seven years, and Yovel, a once-every-50-year reset for people, plants, animals, and money. Since all land reverts to its original owner every Yovel, the price of land sales is meant to take into account the amount of time until the next Yovel, and we're told that this law is meant to remind us that God ultimately owns all land, not humans. We're also commanded to conduct business ethically and not verbally harass or scam people. The Parsha then talks about how we will survive a Shemitah year without planting, assuring us that God will care for us. There's also a set of laws about redeeming land that has been sold, including how to calculate the redemption price based on the number of years until the Yovel, and the time that has passed since the sale. However, all of this only applies in fields and unwalled cities. Within the walled cities, the seller has one year to redeem their property from the sale, aka to buy it back at which point its ownership is permanently transferred and it doesn't go back to them at Yovel. We're also commanded to help others out so they don't become financially ruined and not charge interest on a loan and to treat slaves with respect. Finally, we learn how to redeem a relative who has been sold into slavery and we're yet again reminded not to worship idols and to observe Shabbat. So if this Parsha had a theme, it would probably be impermanence. The laws of Shemitah and Yovel, which relate to the agricultural cycle, also predominantly relate to financial transactions, to land ownership, even to slavery, things that we now think of as a permanent change in status. What's so interesting to me about this Parsha, though, is that we also see echoes of our financial system in the Parsha itself. The laws of Shemitah and Yovel only apply in unwalled cities, which at the time were probably more like villages and rural areas. The cities were already in the Torah, living what we might call a more capitalist, commerce-based lifestyle where your house was your dwelling place, but likely not your ancestral home. Meaning, the Torah already had different sorts of laws depending on what kind of life you were living. People who were living in urban areas, engaging in exchanges of goods and services, were, by law, less tied to their place and to their neighbors. But people who lived in less built-up environments were legally more tied to their land and their neighbors because they were, once a generation, returning to their original homes and engaging in financial transactions that required societal cooperation, like redeeming others from slavery or buying back a family home. So the Torah doesn't seem to have a preference between these two ways of life. The Parsha does devote significantly more time to the non-urban laws, but that might just be because more people live that way. The Torah seems to be saying to us, people live in different ways, so let's just think about how to create just and organized societies that fit how people live which leaves room for us to say, okay, so how do I think it's best to live? For some people, that means living really connected to the land. For others, it might not. What matters is that however we live or wherever we live, we are thoughtful and deliberate about how we interact with our environment and our neighbors. Things can always change, the Parsha reminds us. So don't get too attached to any one place or thing. Rather, be attached to your community, your identity. With this in mind, I want to offer a blessing to the Israelites who had to move out of their homes in a Yovel year in order to return them back to their neighbors. Even if we know things are impermanent, we know this is going to happen, change is hard, and the kinds of social bonds that would allow this system to work required cultivating deep and long-lasting relationships of trust and care. So I want to extend that blessing to you as a reminder to get to know your neighbors even just knowing their names or a little bit about them can help us feel more safe and rooted, which ultimately leads to more peace and more justice among us. See you next week.